Coming up, we have even more information about the holidays at Universal Orlando to share. A special ticket offer for Florida residents is now out and something you might actually want to think about if you don't already have an annual pass. And then we are going to also talk about our final house rankings for Halloween Horror Nights 30. That is all coming up on this week's episode of the Disunplugged Universal Edition. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. I am your host, Craig Williams, and today I am joined alongside by my co-host, Rhino. Hello. And thank you for being here, Rhino. We have a fantastic episode for you. Like I already explained in the cold open, we have more details about the holidays to talk about. We have that special ticket offer to talk about for Florida residents only. So I know it's going to be boring for some of you out there, but uh, it's it's worth mentioning, obviously. Otherwise, we wouldn't be mentioning it at all. And then we are going to go over our final Halloween Horror Nights rankings for HHN 30. And I'm, I'm sure some of the, you know, our final feelings on the event overall, because we didn't really have time to share that with our Hallow Scream episode we did on Halloween. It feels really great doing a show not uh, being covered, <laughs> having my face covered in bandages. I will I will say that much. Uh, but yeah, we have we have a lot a lot to talk about and it's going to be fun especially with the Halloween Horror Nights list because we are going to look at what we had on our hype list versus what it ended up being and of course Rhino's able to also throw in what he felt after that first night because he was able to make a good list uh, after that first night of the event whereas I wasn't able to do so so it's going to be a lot of fun Stay tuned for that. But before we get started, I need to remind you this is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. If you like our content, you want to support us, please consider booking your next vacation to Universal Orlando through Dreams Unlimited Travel or even buying an annual pass through Dreams Unlimited Travel. It costs you no extra money and you get the help of an awesome Dreams Unlimited Travel agent. So head over to dreamsunlimitedtravel.com today for a free no obligation quote. Okay, Rhino. I think we should we we have to save Halloween Horror Nights for last, right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, there's a lot of people out there who are probably really, really sick of Halloween Horror Nights and saying, "Hey, we've already moved on to Christmas. Yet, why are you still bringing up Halloween?" But I mean, we have to. We have to. It's just Get the way it all it. fell this year. Get over it. Yeah, it's not not a lot we can do about it, but I I will say it's I'm I am definitely missing Halloween Horror Nights. I it really you know, I I kind of had that feeling right towards the end of the event that I was burned out on it and now that it's gone, like if only I had one more night. Just one. Uh, it's funny cuz I got I went to get in my car yesterday and it was like uh 10 minutes to Universal Studios, Florida. And I was like, oh, I was like, why does it think I'm going to Universal <laughs> Studios? And then I was like, oh, I was like, because I, I got into the, you know, if you you keep going, your phone starts to figure out yeah. where you're going and then starts giving you suggested directions. And I was like, it has repeatedly this week tried to give me directions to go back for Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. And uh, so I did go over to Universal one of these days since um, since the event has ended. And 
the weirdest part for me was like it was right around the same time I would go in for HHN, but I found myself like leisurely strolling through City Walk and not rushing to get inside the park for stay and scream. It was all very, very weird. It it felt like it felt like the right motions, but just not the same way that I'm used to doing it. So uh, I I will I will miss it greatly but we we do have to roll on to the christmas celebrations and a couple weeks back rhino and i did share what is coming to universal orlando for the holiday time of course the return of universal's holiday parade featuring macy's you have a grinchmas in the grinchmas hula day spectacular and all the excellent decorations in seuss landing excellent decorations in all the parks and in the hotels and such and then, of course, the return of all of the Christmas activities inside the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, both Diagon Alley and Hogsmeade, as well as the Magic of Christmas at Hogwarts Castle projection show happening nightly. Uh, but but then Universal even announced more that was happening during the holiday season at Universal Orlando. Uh, some of the announcements were things that you know we we knew were coming anyways uh then one special return announcement and of course actually you know what why am i just beating around the bush on it when we can actually just jump yeah. right into it that was i, I don't know why i was trying to hype well, it up for like the third teasing, time yeah. this episode they're already listening <laughs> <laughs> we've already, i already hooked you but i'm trying to hook you again on this one so uh, let's let's just kick this all off again. For if you don't remember, the holidays kick off on November thirteenth, and they are running through January second. Uh, hopefully, uh, since I will be out of town on the thirteenth, hopefully we will be able to have some holiday coverage as quickly as possible after it kicks off. But yeah, I uh, it's it's coming very very quickly. It's almost upon us, and one of the things that I think we'll probably see open up at least right on that day, maybe maybe a little bit earlier, is that Universal has confirmed that there will be another holiday tribute store, which, you know, completely, completely expected at this point. Now, I think we have officially hit the point with the tribute stores that we know that the tribute, the holiday tribute store will run all through the holiday season, and then they will tear it down and get ready for the Mardi Gras one. So then the question is, do they now the put summertime in one. two? Yeah. Well, you have the summertime one, but since Mardi Gras this year is running through April, I think, are they just going to start a new tribute store in like May and let it run all the way through the summer? Are they going to try to sneak in too? But I, I think we're now officially at the point that they're, unless they are working on the next tribute store, there will always be a time where there's a tribute store in that spot. And I'm okay with it. I hope so. I really enjoy it. It's it's themed shopping at its best, and it, it gets me. It really every is. Every time. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I loved the holiday uh, tribute store last year. It was, you know, it wasn't over the top. It just filled you with a little bit of holiday spirit, and it compacted all of the Christmas merchandise into one location, which I, I always appreciate it. I don't like I having to go. I can't even remember the tribute store oh it had the squirrel yeah, in it right it had earl the, the squirrel yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. kylie has okay. a lot of earl the squirrel squirrel merchandise because of it uh it wasn't like overly themed to the grinch but they had all the grinch uh decorations in there they had a lot of just the regular uh universal christmas stuff in there as well too i just i like when they put it all in one space versus like okay you have to go to this store and then you have to go to that store and you have to go to that store just put put it all in one spot and like the I, tribute store and it works best for me 
Yeah. I ha- I heard a rumor that the the Halloween store, the All Hallows store, mm-hmm. that they that they were going to turn it into a spooky Christmas store. Oh. I don't know if that's true. A t- apparently, a team member said that to to somebody that was in there that they said that that this year it was going to be like the little nod to Halloween Horror Nights, but also still be like Christmas stuff. And I was like, I hope that's true because I would love to see what they've got in store for that. Then, <laughs> pun intended. Oh, didn't even see what I did there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I am happy with the All Hallows Eve store uh, staying in terms of like obviously they're not going to promote uh, Christmas or sorry Halloween uh, stuff the entire year round. But if they can find a way to to kind of keep that but have Christmas in it, maybe like maybe use that as the preview store for Halloween Horror Nights, even though it's like in the complete opposite park like you know i'm I'm sure they could find a way to to keep that store alive because it it's a great space great space beautiful spot and lost continent what else is happening there so you might as well have have something relevant and i get it mythos everyone loves their mythos and you know poseidon will will return again one day but come on Come on. But uh, in terms of the Holiday Tribute Store, uh, of course, there will be four incredibly immersive rooms. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, one of the rooms will be Earl the Squirrel style related again. But beyond that, we'll have to wait and see what the themes are. You know, it's always three rooms of shopping, the hallway in between, which for the holiday one this year, I I think they're doing caricatures kind of like with Halloween Horror Nights. They did the old timey. They turned you into an old timey photo for an obscene amount of money. $200. Yeah. And this time it's spend an obscene amount of money to have your caricature hanging inside the, the hallway in the tribute store. So that's happening. And then the final themed room is where they'll always have the sweets and treats. So that's, you know, it's, it's a, it's an easy formula, but it's one that I feel like actually works really well. Uh, the uh, holiday tree hunt happening. At Universal Orlando, uh, throughout throughout uh, the the resort there with it, and there will be fifteen brilliantly designed trees that will be placed around different locations. You can purchase a a brochure to find out where all those locations are, of course, in the Holiday Tribute Store, as well as uh, other merchandise locations in the theme parks and Universal City Walk. I don't have the pricing on that. I'm sure it's you know. Probably, I, I don't know how I don't know how much they charged. Did they ever charge for any of these? Because before it was free, and then you just got the you got the like the free candy at the end with like the scarecrow hunt and stuff. So yeah, I I I don't remember. I know they did the scarecrow thing again this year, but I'm like I don't yeah. I don't think. I don't think it cost money. Yeah, it did. Well, this this one is specifically for that because you get an exclusive holiday tree hunt ornament to commemorate the experience. Oh, well, then so, that makes sense. Yeah, you're yeah. paying for the you're paying for the ornament, but that's going to be an option. Uh, also, 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 want to point out that this year returning is Universal's holiday tour, which uh, very very fun and what happens on the universal holiday tour well you have the op not the option but you have the opportunity to meet the grinch in seuss landing while enjoying a hot cocoa bar you get to see an after hour showing of the magic of christmas at hogwarts castle you also have reserved viewing for universal's holiday parade featuring macy's you have reserved seating for 
Grinchmas holiday spectacular. And after the show's done, you get to uh, you get to hang out with the Who's from Whoville for an exclusive onstage Q and A session. Oh, uh, you have comfortable. What's that? <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah uncomfortable is what this said to me yeah yep. i i mean i'll be honest the only time we really had to interact directly with the who's was when we we did the uh well we had one media event where they stuck us in with the who's and i felt trapped uh but then we also had we we also when we did the grinchmas breakfast that yeah yeah you know seems like it's that's completely gone especially now when you can do the after hours holiday tour and you can have a cocoa bar with the grinch uh it, it that but that opportunity we had to talk to the who's it was like what What do i say to you what what do i say i know yeah what's happening with your nose no, thank you no, thank you yeah <laughs> um and uh you also get a meet and greet with santa and of course you receive a free digital download of your your photo with santa with this and then also i mentioned that holiday tree hunt you get your your holiday tree hunt brochure included in the price of universal's holiday tour and this is an add-on experience yeah what Bro- what do you mean brochure it's a it, it's a pamphlet that tells you where all the trees are but they call it a brochure oh so you get the map for free yes okay you get the map but you get your treasure got, map for gotcha, free gotcha gotcha gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah okay yeah I, I don't know why i'm trying to speak in universal lingo you get your treasure map for free yeah with if you pay if you pay for the tour that starts at uh sixty nine dollars let me i have all that info up here yeah prices start from sixty nine dollars and ninety nine cents per person uh the dates for universal's holiday tour begin november second and run on select nights only through january third however it says it that's weird it says select dates November 22nd through January 3rd. But then when I go to click on the calendar, I can start booking dates as early as the 21st of November. Hmm. And so basically... Maybe because it's a nighttime thing? Maybe it starts that night before? I I have no idea. Maybe it's just they made a mistake in terms of entering the dates in here or something. But uh, in terms of what I'm looking at the calendar, you can get, uh, you can get your holiday tour... On those dates from November 21st through the 28th, there's tours available every single night. And then then there's more dates on December 5th, then December 12th through the 16th, then December 18th. And then after that, it is every single day up through January 2nd. Wait, so when do the holiday stuff start at Universal? November 13th. So then the tour the starts 30, the following week. Oh, okay. Week. So then the tour starts the following week. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. So now I'm going to Gosh, attempt. That's next to Saturday. See. That's crazy. Yeah. And it looks like in terms of the pricing for the tour, the it starts at sixty nine ninety nine, but the most expensive it gets is uh, from the twenty second through twenty uh, second through the thirtieth of December. It is seventy nine ninety nine. So it's only a ten dollar jump up. And price for that, and I mean, the reserve seating is definitely a, a good yeah. good thing to have. I'm not sure where the reserve viewing is for the holiday parade, uh, but I assume it's in at least a decent spot. You know, I like that Macy's spot, so you can see the tree get lit up and such. But uh, any any spot that you know you don't have to fight 
crowds for is always a good spot. And uh, with Grinchmas, it could be actually a very important thing to have this year because uh, that has there has been official confirmation now that Grinchmas isn't going to be happening. The Hula Day Spectacular isn't going to be happening in a soundstage. It's actually taking over the Blue Man Group Theater. So I'm not sure what the capacity is in there. But I've I've been in there to see shows before, but I feel like you can shove more people into the bleachers in the soundstage. So Oh, you think so? I, I feel like it. I mean it's just I at best the the Blue Man Group Theater is like it, it's basically like the size of a decently large movie theater, like back in the day with flat seating, like flat floor seating. But they weren't then it's not bleachers, they're seats, right? In the in the old theater, it was like metal seats, but they were seats where the thing went up and down. Yeah, the they went, went up, up and, and down, down right? but, but they were basically you're shoved. Oh, see, in. I was I was hoping the Blue Man Group switch would be like, okay, well now at least the seats a little bit bigger because the seats were at the bleacher place were so tiny. Like, it, yeah, I always felt yes. very claustrophobic. If you were in the middle, you were stuck there, and your knees were hitting the person in front of Sorry, I was trying to look up real quick how many... Okay, there was a 1,000 seats inside the Blue Man Group Theater. So, assuming that that's still the same amount of seats that they'll have in there for it, yeah, I feel like I feel like a 1,000 seats is is definitely... That, that's a large number. I don't know how many. How many, though, were in Grinchmas previous to that in terms of, you know, the, the bleacher risers, but as you have pointed out too it's actual seats but you know it's it, you were cramped in there they were not the yeah, size of seats was... for an uh, the average american adult uh, <laughs> at yeah. all no yeah so i'm i'm at least looking forward to a new venue whether it's bigger or smaller but it'll be interesting to see how they get people from the park into there because it's not in it's technically Technically, technically, it's closer to it's part of Universal Studios, Florida, not Islands of Adventure. But even then, it's not really in the park, but it has that little sideway where you could you could make it part of the park. But again, you'd be making it part of studios, not part of Islands of Adventure. Yeah, the the so there still is a way to get into that area from from uh, studios. You know, they've they've had points in time where there's two different crossover points that that Universal can use to go from Islands of Adventure to uh, to Universal Studios Florida. One is closer to the Blue Man Group Theater and, you know, past Hard Rock and such. And then you could also technically cross over, even though it'd be a little bit weirder, uh, back the other, uh, the, the further direction, like if you were going into the sound stages, like how you used to for Grinchmas. So... It all works in terms of how you get in. My question is, what entrance do you go into the theater to get in? Is there like a side entrance? Because if you go into the the front of the theater, you know, it, that whole area is like, I, I feel like, how do you secure that area? So I don't uh, the Questions yeah. that 
I'm sure they have already figured out and we could probably walk over and understand and say, oh, that's how they're going to do it. But it's not really important for us. But uh, still, it's still very interesting. And uh, in other other things returning, uh, Mannheim Steamroller will be performing on the following nights, December 4th, 5th, 11th and 12th. They play on the Universal Music Plaza stage. And it's, you know, of course, they play the hits of Mannheim Steamroller that you hear on the the radio. But if it's the same show that it's been every other year that they've been here, they then have the 30 to 40 minute interlude right in the middle where they play the entire soundtrack for the Grinchmas Holiday Spectacular. And, uh, you know, it's, it's cool to see it done live, but it can be a lot of Grinchmas if you go see that show <laughs> earlier in the day and then you're like, oh, I want to see Mannheim Steamroller. And then you hear the exact same show play it again without like without the entire spectacle of the stage like granted you do see the live performers and uh they've they have they have special characters come out to help uh perform the songs as well too but the Mannheim steamroller shows i i watch it i've watched it multiple times throughout the years it's not a it's not a must do for me it's nice that it's included in with your admission that night if you happen to be there but i wouldn't like i wouldn't say like pack up the kids we're coming down to we're coming down to universal studios florida on the fourth or fifth because we have to see that Mannheim steamroller absolutely absolutely not with with that but uh, i'm not going to really go over the holiday food offerings because it's you know and we'll we'll definitely handle that as we get closer uh or, well, not as we get closer to the holidays but as we get into the holidays we'll try to do some reviews of some of the holiday food and beverage so but just know that that it is going to be an option there, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm ready for the holidays here to hit Universal Orlando. So it's, uh, it's nice that it's basically, basically going to be back to their pre-pandemic events in terms of what they're doing with the holiday season. So loop de loo, dickery dock. <sighs> I was trying to think of something Whoville weirdo thing to say, but I couldn't do it. You just got to pull out the Grinch gloves. I mean, it doesn't play well for audio, but would have played well for video. I should have got him out of the car in our break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, should have, could have, would have. Should have, could have, would have. But, okay, we're going to, unless you have anything else to share about the holiday season at Universal, I think we're going to move on to uh, the the next quick news story before we get to the Halloween Horror Nights talk. And... That is that Universal is offering a special ticket for Florida residents. Buy a day, get a second day free with limited blockout dates now through February 4th, 2022. Uh, and it's basically as simple as that. You, If you buy one of these special tickets, you can use it on any two days now through February 4th, 2022 with very limited blockout dates. And the ticket can only be purchased now through December 16th. So if you're a Florida resident, you don't have a lot of time for this. And uh, you can get that at universalorlando.com by using a promo code from a specially marked cup of Coca-Cola at participating <laughs> Wendy's restaurants. So, Wendy's. Yeah. It's, I, it, this feels like an old-fashioned promotion back in the day with, uh, you yeah. know, it's get, your, get your McDonald's or Burger King cups and get that special code on it, and you'll get something, uh, something for discounted. So, uh, it must work. 
Oh, I I have no doubt that it works well and it's a great promotion and it it benefits all parties. It gets people into Wendy's who might not go regularly. It it gets people into theme parks that they might not be interested in visiting uh, during other times. Uh, But I don't have the blackout dates in front of me, so I can't really... uh, can't really help in terms of that. I'm sure that most of the blockout dates for it are probably over the, uh, it, probably over, you know, Christmas week <laughs> specifically. I feel like that's a no brainer for when they don't need extra people in the parks, but, uh, it's a, it's a great offer if you're a Florida resident and something, something worth checking out in my opinion. So it's, I don't have a need for it because I have an annual pass, but if you don't have an annual pass, you want to check out what universal has to offer. It's a good way. It's a really good way, but I, yeah, there's nothing really else for Rhino to say on that. It's, it's a ticket. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't even think your dreams on limited travel agent can help you with it. So <laughs> I do like chicken nuggets. Yeah. Well, it's, you know what, if anyone out there wants one of the any Florida residents out there who wants the ticket offer but does not want their spicy chicken nuggets, go ahead. Let me know. I mean, granted, yeah. it comes well, on the we're cup still of waiting on that chicken sandwich. Yeah, so we're not. We we're are not getting any. Forever waiting on the chicken sandwich, and then I also yeah. realize too that it comes on the specially marked cups of Coca Cola. So I, I don't. I mean, maybe a value meal if you want. If you don't want everything in your value, four for four. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this offer would come for the four for four. I feel like the maybe four on the biggie box. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely the biggie box. That biggie box and value meals, but not not that four for yeah. four. That's too too good of a value. That they're giving no. stuff away for free at that point. Yeah. Well, I want Wendy's. This episode has <laughs> been sponsored right now. <laughs> this episode has been sponsored to you by Wendy's. Uh, they've not paid us anything to speak about them, but I mean, if we haven't sold you on Wendy's either. at this point, who who will? Who will get your French fries, dip it in your frosty, have a good time. But okay, let's move on to our final, final discussion about Halloween Horror Nights 30. As you know, Rhino and I went quite a bit during the the entire event run, and we have a lot of opinions on it, including our final house opinions. I'm, I'm kind of leaving scare zones and such out of this because you know i feel like and rhino you can back me up on this one if if you feel ever so inclined to with the scare zones yeah there's no doubt that lights camera action uh was the standout scare zone i think because it it brought in so much from the past years of the event with you know some of the some of the physical representations of other scare zones they've had having eddie Every now and then Jack would pop in with Eddie and they would, they would get to be together brothers up on the stage. Uh, and then bringing, bringing to life some of the, uh, in the actual street, having scare actors from the past scare zones as well being in there. This was truly a, a, a standout scare zone in like all the years that I've, I've visited. This was like, this was your greatest hits of, of Halloween Horror Nights. And then after that, everything else was just, to me was just kind of there <laughs> like not that they were bad characters or anything in them like i loved walking around seek and destroy but it was just more of the same as you went through that entire area and gorewood forest loved walking through there but it was just it was more of the same and the halloween mm-hmm. horror nights 30 the 30 years 30 fear scare zone it was just kind of there and 
The only one I truly did not enjoy was Crypt TV because I did not make it through all of those episodes. So it was just, to me, it was a glorified photo op and nothing more than that. Uh, you, you know, it's harder. I feel like in the, the last couple of years, it seems like more and more they're, I don't know, more and more of the scare zones have to get off the ground and be on these platforms. I mean, especially these last, you know, this last little bit, but here, but um, yeah, I, I don't, I like a good high concept. So I like seek and destroy in terms of like, I like the controller part of it, but it's like, I've had, there've been scare zones there. I've enjoyed more like vamp 85. I loved cause they did like the dance and stuff like that. Even honestly, even the zombie land thing wasn't even that bad. The one, the one year. So I, I like, a I like a higher concept idea that goes over there though. And so I don't, yeah, I was just like, I don't know that there were any scare zones this year that are like going to remember this for years to come, you know, that'll stand like, like the way like trick or treat did, or, yeah. um, the one that was the year after trick or treat that was still using, utilizing all those pumpkins yeah. and the trees again. I can't remember what it was, but, um, like, you know, the, it stayed with me so much. I can remember its name. Um, but you know, but like, I don't, yeah, it, it, no, I didn't, I didn't necessarily dislike any of them. Yeah. It was I liked, just, I liked the crypt TV more than the Rob zombie one that was there yes. year, the oh, year before. Yeah. No, I, 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 that's kind of how I am. They're just, most of them weren't memorable. Uh, the only, the only one that was truly memorable for me was, was action just because mm-hmm. it was greatest hits. And then I'll remember Gorewood forward Gorewood forest as well too, because you know, it's my first experience with a uh, Terra, the Terra queen and, and such. But even then it was kind of, it was very muted. I feel like if you were, if you were at, if you already were a huge fan of the Terra queen and Terra Cruentis and that, then it was probably like a, a great walk down memory lane. But for, you know, for someone experiencing it for the first time, it was a little bit underwhelming in terms of the actual design, but you only have so much room. And in that small strip between Hollywood and, and kid zone in the central central yeah. park area that I, I get it. It's, it's a lot more difficult, but when you do have stuff that's like stand out in that area, like trick or treat, it sets a, sets a big, a big, uh, president for anything precedent that is not president, uh, precedent for everything that follows after. And then I, I kind of feel the same way about the shows. Uh, I had after like, focusing solely on the houses for the first part of the event. Then I started focusing on the scare zones and towards the event uh, coming to an end, I started seeing the shows more often and I was able to take in uh, the marathon of mayhem carnage factory about three more times. And, you know, it, for me, it was the one day when I wanted the perfect shot of it. I waited 45 minutes for that perfect shot. And that was ridiculously too long, but as a show that you could walk up to, a minute before it started and have a spot to just stand and drink your beer and, you know, and be, try to be entertained for 10 minutes. I, I, I liked it for that, but I won't, I, I couldn't remember what happened in the show from the first night that we saw it in September till the next time I experienced it in October. And I know, I know in Dece- by December, I will not remember anything that happened in this show. <laughs> like Jack, vividly. Jack laughs a lot. Yeah, I will remember that it was Jack and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the and the Universal it, Monsters and Hill House, but I won't remember. I won't remember it vividly like I did the original Marathon of Mayhem. And as yeah. for uh, 
as for uh, how Halloween nightmare feel, I, I did go back and I only gave that show one more chance just because it, every time I attempted to see the show, it was walk up 15 minutes before and get told that it was already full and come yeah. back at least 45 minutes before the next show. And that, you know, that's valuable time that you're just standing around waiting for the show. So I was only able to experience it one more time. And I think I liked it a lot more than I think we had, we were in, we were around people who were just way too into it. The first time we watched it, that kind of like, I was more focused on like how annoyed I was with them versus what was happening in the show itself. Uh, so it was the performers in it. I stand by it. They are spectacular. And, I hope I hope Universal keeps this group. I know some of it was like they used a, a special. Uh, I can't remember their names, but someone someone pointed out I think in the Universal Facebook group uh, that it was like it's like fuel ladies or something like that was the group that they brought in with like the all the fire effects and stuff. So wh- however they brought together this group to make this show, I I hope that they keep exploring it in the future in a different location because. Fear Factor is officially closed. It has been wiped off the website. It is gone. Mm. Um, but I know it's, it's terms of the show. I think it's a lot of it just comes down to the music. Like I don't, I don't care for Rob Zombie. I don't care for Billie Eilish. I didn't care for a lot of the music in the show. So it was, uh, I'm, I was impressed by the visuals, but not the overall atmosphere of the show. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. It's a valuable, it's a time eater, unfortunately, because I'm there and I feel like I can never get to the houses enough and you have only so much time. So it was always just like too busy for me to go back to the show. And plus I don't, not only that, it's just, I don't, I don't want to be like crammed in that stadium for the amount of time. Like, I don't want to be that close to people. I'm not that comfortable. I was never been that comfortable even before everything. So I'm just like, you know, I just, I never. I don't know. I, I think I agree with you. Everybody in the show was super talented. And I think that I'm there's no question that it's like, wow, it was like a spectacle to see. And the same with the other the 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 Lagoon show is that like I I don't think it was as cohesive as the 2019 one was. And 2019 had the cool theme of like being the VHS that was rewinding and playing over and over again. And like, you know, and this one was a little more back to those roots of that, like terror and carnage and, mm-hmm. and heavy metal sort of stuff that Halloween Horror Nights started with. And that's great for a, for an anniversary year. And I hope they continue to do the show again and again and again. And so I look forward to see whatever it is next year. And I hope they do have another form of entertainment that can eat crowds as well. It, without Without that stadium, though, I don't really know where they would, where they're going to end up putting it. Yeah. Um, it's, they can. So it, it's <clears> tough <throat> because uh, it, the, uh, the animal actor show is not, not big enough for it. It's not yeah. a big enough, it's not a big enough theater. And then they also can't as easily adapt that space to it. And it's like, it's right in the park. There's not really backstage areas to it because it butts up on Springfield. And like literally, they were using, they were using uh, that the actual stadium itself for stay and scream this year. So it's yeah. like, there's, I, I, I don't, I don't know what happens in terms of this. I don't know if it's like the setting up for a two park or just saying, saying goodbye to entertainment like this in the future and sticking with only fountain shows and smaller, smaller stage shows like in front of central park, like they used to do. But 
Yeah, it's um, but even then, you can't really do a show right in front of Central Park if you have a lagoon show happening in the background too. So they've got a they they've got stuff to figure out uh, with this, and I'm I'm sure they have a full plan, and I'm sure there's already people talking about what the future is for all of it. But I that is something I am not I'm not clued in on yet. I have not I have not started paying attention or focusing on that yet. But let's focus now on the houses themselves and go over our, our final rankings with all of it. And Rhino, do we want to start out by saying what our pre-hype list was for the event? Yeah. So do you want to start with yours? Sure. So for the pre-event ranking, before we'd ever stepped into the park, I had it as follows. I'm going to go from the bottom to the top. Yes. So at the bottom, I have Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Haunting of Hill House, Bride of Frankenstein, Case Files Unearthed, HHN Icons, Revenge of the Tooth Fairy, Welcome to Scary, Puppet Theater, Wicked Growth, and Beetlejuice as the number one. Yeah. That was my before I had ever attended the event. And my list before we attended the event was Revenge of the Tooth Fairy, Universal Monsters, The Bride of Frankenstein Lives, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Puppet Theater, Captive Audience, Halloween Horror Nights Icons, Captured, Beetlejuice, Wicked Growth, Realm of the Pumpkin, Welcome to Scary, or in the Heartland, Case Files Unearthed, Legendary Truth, and The Haunting of Hill House at number one. And then, Rhino, you did the the list for the first night after we attended the event because you went two nights that weekend. What was your list after the first night of the event? Um, so, at, yeah, after the first night of the event, I this is from bottom to the top again. I had Welcome to Scary at the bottom because I remember just not like nothing happened in the house when we went through and being like, I don't understand. And it's, I didn't, I feel like we got no scare. So I welcome to scary Texas chainsaw massacre, um, case files, puppet theater, tooth fairy, bride of Frankenstein, Hill house, Halloween horror nights, icons, Beetlejuice, And then wicked growth was at the top. That was, that was after the first night. My list is again, drastically different after that. So, okay. Well, we need to move on then to the our actual final list. So, do you want to go first or do we want to kind of do this in tandem together? Do a back and back and forth. Okay. What would I well, we can actually I know number 10, we were we the both exact have same. The, at the worst, yeah. Yeah, so what what is that? What again, at our Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I just I feel I feel like not it's not really a I don't mean it in a comment on anybody involved in it or anything like that. It just felt like a safe in a year of all the houses that they have. Cause honestly, other than this house, I thought every house was, was great. Like I enjoyed going through every house. I just never really enjoyed going through Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't really like the movie to begin with. Um, I mean, I understand it in terms of it being a horror, I, an iconic horror film and all of that sort of stuff, you know, and I've seen different, versions of it throughout the years and all that stuff but it just for me it felt like it's felt like a safe bet which i guess they needed it just it didn't feel i don't know it just it felt like irrelevant like it didn't i don't i don't know if there was supposed to be a texas chainsaw massacre movie i know there is a texas chainsaw massacre movie that supposedly is coming out that's like a sequel straight to the original one but like i don't i i just I didn't really understand the choice, the reason, the rhyme or the reason to have it. Um, you know, I would have rather something like a scream house or, um, you know, or a nightmare on Elm Street, something 
Leatherface just doesn't do it for me, so I didn't care yeah. for it. And they, I think it all comes down to they wanted that iconic character, and you know they they decided not to go with Michael Myers with it. And uh, you know, I, I I wish I think that would have been the safe bet to go with Michael yeah. Myers or somebody like Jason, where I feel like I'm. I you know we've had like a Freddy versus Jason house, but I don't know that I've ever been here and there's been like a Friday the Thirteenth house. No. Like that would have been fun. I yeah no just the, easy I feel like yeah just the Freddy versus Jason and with that house like you know I not a huge fan of the movie not at all uh, and in terms of that house like I wasn't it seemed like it shouldn't work but because they gave a little bit of time to Nightmare on Elm Street a little time to Friday the Thirteenth and then it became this battle against both of them with you stuck in the middle I feel like it worked because of that and then with something like with Texas Chainsaw Massacre it's just like it's relying solely on that icon, that that Leatherface, that I do think it's an awesome character, but I don't. The aesthetic of the house just does not work with me, and I'm not afraid of chainsaws anymore. HHN has desensitized me to chainsaws forever at this point. So I don't. I don't. I, it's just you can always hear the you can always hear the motor starting. Yeah. So you like know it's coming, and I guess so. I guess you do well. I did go with a friend who is afraid of chainsaws. And even then, um, he said, and he was afraid of everything. Like he screamed in every house, like terrified, terrified. And he even said that was my least favorite, not even because it was scary. It just was my least favorite. And like, not to, not to say that the characters didn't give it their all or anything, you know, cause at the end there was that one part where there's like one, two, mm-hmm. three, and they like come out. And that part always stressed me out. And like, and and going into it during stay and scream, when you have to walk in and your eyes can't adjust fast enough, that's a nightmare. Um, but just ultimately it just, the house doesn't do it for me. That's all. I just don't, I don't love it. And uh, I don't love it. I I think it we will say it now. So that way we don't have to say it with every single thing that we go through here. It's, this is not a reflection on any of the performers, whether it's in the shows, whether it's in the scare zones, in the houses, this is just what we actually enjoyed and the, in the ranking of how we enjoyed it. You know, it's, it comes down to timing. It comes down to what we aesthetically just find pleasing, what we, what works with our personalities. And there, you know, I know there are probably nights where there are performers who aren't giving it their all, uh, but Honestly, I I don't usually ever feel like that. I feel like staffing is the bigger issue. That there's times where you go through a house and it's like there's no one in there, and not not that it's not you're timing it wrong. It's like you can you can yeah, see there's literally literally no one yeah. there. So that's that's obviously a problem. But when the performers are there, there I've I've never felt like oh they're not they're not giving it their all, and you know they're not given a choice of what houses they're put in. So it just they're put where they are and they make the best out of it. And yeah, I, I, I want to make sure we make that clear. This is not an insult to any of the performers, any of the people who worked on the houses. It's just literally there. We are two people on the internet saying some of these are at the bottom of our list where there are people out there who also probably left the event saying this was my favorite thing I experienced. So just remember that there's always opposite sides to the story with it. But at number nine, I had Revenge of the Tooth Fairy. What was yours? That's at my number nine. Oh, yeah, I I did struggle because I will say Tooth Fairy and and Bride of Frankenstein are down here having done them so many times, but then like finally being like, okay, these compared to what else we have this year. But ultimately, it's hard because I I do like Tooth like I like every house from here on out. Yeah. Like, but 
like Tooth Fairy, I love that it was like the storybook and going through it and everything like that. And an original idea. And like, I thought it was, it was a good house. It's just, you know, it's just after you've done it a bunch of times, it does feel a little like it doesn't really hit the same. Whereas other houses I do a million times and be scared every time. So with me in particular, with Tooth Fairy, why it ended up towards the bottom. I, I think that the entrance to the house, once you get to where the, you see the storybook brought to life in, in large dimensions, that is such, it was such an epic start to that house. Uh, for me though, why it ended up low on the list was ultimately I, with, uh, when it was last year's event and it was, it was just Bride of Frankenstein and, and Revenge of the Tooth Fairy. I preferred Revenge of the Tooth Fairy and I, remember saying back then like oh this this house could go up against any original house in terms of like the look of it it was so cool but i wasn't prepared for how good of a job they did with the original houses this year mm-hmm. um like i was not prepared at all so it ended up like legitimately not even counting the amount of times i've done tooth fairy last year and this year it was just I think a lot of the other original houses had a better design to them. And it was just, it was stuff that I, I found more, more pleasing and more like I wanted, I had more repeatability in the other ones. And so it just, it happened to be one of those things. Like I, I, I loved it last year and it was last year. It was great last year when it only had one other house to, to go up against. But then when you put it up against the rest, it just, to me, it was not it was not as strong as it could have been so in a, in a different year versus some of the originals it could easily have been a top 5 house but this was a strong year for original houses mm-hmm. but oh yeah 100% no qu- i think you i think repeatability is a good a good point yeah. there but so, i yeah. i know this is where we diverge our paths because i believe you you put bride of frankenstein as your is my number 8 yeah, yeah. Well, my number eight, this was the biggest shock of all. Uh, I had this one on my hype list as number two. So the thing I thought would be the second best ended up third from the bottom. And that's Case Files Unearthed. Legendary yeah. Truth. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't want to say too much about it because mine's a little higher up, but I do feel like one that I was like, oh, this is such a cool concept. Ultimately... Maybe I wanted it to deliver more than it did, but it feels like... Wait, hold on. Do I have it in the same spot? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 10, 9, 8. I actually have it just a little bit higher than I did for my hype list, I guess. I remember thinking the concept was great, but it was like... I just... I felt like... I felt like every time I walked through, I just wanted it to hit just a little bit better than it it ever actually did. Does that make sense? Well, it does make sense. And that's exactly... My issue with it, based on what I knew the house was going to be about before the event, I was like, this this is everything I want it to be. A noir, a noir story just brought to life with these different different stories being told in each section. And it will make me more aware of what legendary truth is in Boris Schuster. But this house, I feel like in terms and I think this is where it comes in terms of staffing. Uh I cannot tell you the amount of times I did this house, not just like in the first hour of the event, but in the middle of the night of the event. And I would walk through in the last two scenes, I wouldn't see a single person in there, like starting Mm -hmm. at the room where, you know, where the telephone operator is hunched over there through the final ending of it. Not a single, 
not a single performer. So, and that was like the case, like, like there's, there was the one themed room where you were going and where you're basically in the basement and you see the staircase up and there is only one scare actor in that entire room. And, and I just felt like, I felt like the house was designed like to tell the story that it was telling, they made a beautiful house. It was so heavily mm-hmm. detailed, heavily themed. I wish I would have done unmasking the horror so I could have just spent time walking around and taking in every single detail in that house. But as a as in terms of delivering any type of scares, which I feel like I feel like that's what you need like that's what you need to do in a, a house like that. You need to at least have some scare moments. I think I think they kind of squandered a lot of it. it yeah. Just never it it never I never had a single run through that truly clicked. I had the first in the first two was what the closest that I ever came because the first time we went through that house on the media night, it was it was pretty bad. And then we gave it one more shot. They they let us go back in for a second round. They added some performers even better. It was a lot better. And at that point, I was like, okay, so I feel like between that first run through and this one, I kind of have a good idea of the house. But I never had that run through that I went through and I was like, okay, I get everything that they're going for and this yeah. always works. I can say that about every other house, though. I I got that at least once in every other house. Yeah, it's like what you said. There was a lot of set pieces that felt like like there should have been somebody, another, like one more character in it or one more area for somebody to be able to scare you or something. But I did ultimately, like I said, oh, this there's so much, there's such a dense story here that I was like, this would be great if Universal could release some sort of graphic novel yep. or something that accompanied this because I would love to read this actual story we're walking through to completely get it because I don't I don't understand the end. I didn't understand how the guy, the bookend, the guy from 1990 who's like, or 91, who's, who's um, like exploring the story. I don't get why in the end he is dead. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't and I don't understand why his like the universe is coming out of his head. Like I it I feel like that parts was always lost on me, like I was missing something. But I do love that it's like they recreated that they took a window that it was an anniversary house in that aspect too. They took this window from Universal Studios Florida and they were like, Okay, now you're gonna be inside of Boris Schuster's office. So I one of my favorite details was when you look behind him when you first first are in the office. You look through the window and you're looking out at the streets of Universal. Mm-hmm. I think that was like a beautiful detail. And then being able to cross and go into the Kitty Cat Club, which then is another just glowing sign pointing at a nothing on the street. But they made these like into a livable area. I just think that that for me is like just so incredible. But well, um, talk. But I, I did have I did have Bride of Frankenstein was my. My next one up. Uh, so that Bride of Frankenstein was my number eight. Yeah. And that and, was that was my number seven. So I was going to say, talk to me okay. about Bride of Frankenstein and then I can roll in right after. We had what was probably the worst walkthrough of Bride of Frankenstein, which was on one of our second. I would say it was our second to last yeah. at the end toward the end of it was in that last week of the event. And it was literally like there was absolutely no characters eight. in the entire thing. Totally. And I was like embarrassed to go through with our friends because i was like it was like one of the first ones we did and i was like i feel like this is way better than this should have been but then i don't i don't know like going through it as many times as i did like i do 
I do still really love that it is this again, they took an IP but then made an original story with it and and it's their IP, which I think is even better, you know? And so I, I think they did they did a good job. I hope there's another Monsters House next year. I don't want it to be Frankenstein related. I would love to see a Wolfman or something, you know, a creature from the Black Loose, something else, or a celebration of all the monsters again, like they did with Universal Monsters. But I I would love it if this just became a thing where they kept kind of kept leaning into these yeah. these characters, maybe. I, I will say I am ready for a Wolfman house. Uh I you know, Dracula Untold was twenty fourteen, I wanna say, somewhere back there. And granted that's not that was based on that movie, not on Dracula itself. But I feel like vampires get brought up so much throughout Halloween Horror Nights that it's it's still a little bit more fresh where something like Wolfman, I think, you know, besides Werewolf in London, it's and I you can't even count those together. That is full blown werewolves transforming yeah, that's and like a versus monster, a yeah. half man, half wolf. So I would love to see werewolf i'd love to see or wolfman sorry i I would love to see creature from the black lagoon i just don't know how you bring that to life that's that's a tough that's a tough one for a full house they they had the scary tales um the scary tales area remember they had that one section that was underwater and i'm like so and you know you could walk on the rita and you know creature did come out of out of the water it's it's so it would be aggressive yeah it would be it would be it would be a They'd probably have to put too much effort into what they would yeah. want to do for something yeah. like that. And but I, so my the reason I have mine at seven on the list and it was it was on the lower side ended up not being because it was around last year. It was just with this house in particular. I looked at it versus would I rather do Universal Monsters in 2019 or would I rather do Bride of Frankenstein Lives? And Universal Monsters was was the highlight house for me that year. That. It's kind of, you know, it's hard. It was, it definitely as a sequel to the house, it did not, it did not live up. And, uh, I, I don't even want to say that it, it, I had high expectations on it that it was very hard to, to match those same expectations. It was a great house, but I think, I think that, you know, coming so quickly after the first Universal Monsters house that, probably yeah. gave it a little bit of a disadvantage and had had they waited to do this house next year i probably would have been like oh yeah it's been a couple of years since we've had universal monsters that was that was so great but you know it's just just how it all plays out sometime so what was your number seven then the case files oh i didn't realize yours was just one above mine <laughs> yeah yeah I, I well it, it's another area where the two are very close but ultimately, yeah. it's like, it's, it's, I just, I guess just, I put Case Files low because I had gone through it so yeah. many times too, because it was always the one with the lesser weight, which I was happy about. But my, um, yeah, so, but you said Bride of Frankenstein was your number seven, yeah. right? Yes. So we're on to a new number? We're on to number so six. I now. have Beetlejuice as number six. Well, um, what, what? Wait, well. I, I mean, that's that's a low placement compared to your number one on your hype list. I know. I know. I, I I I didn't dislike Beetlejuice. I thought it was a great interpretation of the movie. I didn't I don't know that I even went through it as many times as I would have wanted. Um, but there are some things that I felt like I was a little not disappointed with. But like, I do wish that we had seen Catherine O'Hara's uh, character in the house. And it's not just because it was Catherine O'Hara. I just think that 
like they have they have they had a scare point where Lydia would pop out yeah. and she'd say, I myself am strange and unusual. And I'm like, why wouldn't you have the mom, Mrs. Deeds? Why wouldn't she come out and do the script where she was like, oh, I will lose my mind and take you all with me. Like, why wouldn't you have that scene where she's screaming at the, you know, at least that one part? Because they had Otho, but I only saw Otho like during our media event. I never saw him again, well, like ever. See, that's the that's the funny part about Otho. I don't remember him during the media event and then i saw him i don't think i saw him at all again in september and then it was like the last couple times i went in october that i i saw him more and more and i was like wow i didn't even realize he was in the house i was always wondering yeah. why they didn't fill something in in that blank space that was right there but i i agree like delia is she is enough of an iconic character in that movie that they yeah. it should have been better represented with her yeah I, and I also feel like Adam is a little underrepresented. Like there wasn't, there weren't, um, I mean, he's always there, but he's never real. It's yeah. just, it's always, he's, he was never like really a character. I don't think I, I don't actually, I'm not, I can't even be positive. He was a character in the house at all. I'm okay. At any that. point. I, <laughs> but you know, I, I wouldn't also be half surprised. And this is not a statement about, this is not a statement about any recent things with Alec Baldwin, but he is always, he is such a private person. Like he is, he has been known for like yelling at paparazzi and stuff for taking his photos and stuff. I would not be surprised if he doesn't have something built in to every movie he does that his likeness from it cannot be oh, used. Like Harrison so, Ford does that. Yeah, yeah. So I would not be surprised if they were off limits as using a character trying to appear as him because of, because of something set up way back when. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe that kind of played into. But I don't know. I mean, there's there's stuff I loved in the house. Like I loved the sandworm. You know, I love I love when they do a big creature effect in a house. And um and I think it I, I think it was a good it was a fun house. Yep. And I think they're always I would love it if there was always a fun house. Yep. Like cause because I get scared if somebody just pops out. And so I'm like, I still get scared in the house. I'm not not scared. It's just one of those I, I wanted more of like not I wanted more, but like I love the scene when you're in the attic. I love that that aesthetic right there so I, f I feel like it just kind of ends i feel like it ends in a little bit of a weird place that's all it well no it's not it's not a balanced house at all i will say that uh you you know you walk in and you had beetlejuice up on his tower uh, when he was on his tower he'd be up there and then after that like you walk through basically just blank hallways for pretty much the start of the entire house like you yeah, have yeah you have um I, what's you have uh it, um juno that was there with the smoke coming out of her throat and stuff mm -hmm. and so like you you had that and in a the section flat, the flat guy yeah and you had the flat guy <laughs> but it was a lot of just walking through hallways and even like when you're walking through the attic you have that beautiful model there but you're you know, and there was the one cubby for a character there that I the feel boo. like, yeah, yeah, you, the, the ghost. So like it was, it was still a little bare, but then like, even if your timing was bad going through a lot of the scenes where Beetlejuice was, they, you were just walking through bare sets and a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was an issue that I did have with the, the houses. There was a lot of bare moments, but it ended up on my list at number four because I had, I had a pretty epic run through of it where I hit every single character that was actually in the house. Oh, and I was like, okay, it was like, it was like last year when we got to do it. Like the second time that you and I went through with Kylie, where it, 
every sing we hit every single one perfectly. And yeah. I had the same one this year where I hit every single thing. And I was like, oh, this it's not a scary house, but this is awesome. Like when you really yeah. have that perfect timing, it was enough to elevate it for me. Whereas my number six was Netflix's The Haunting of Hill House, which was number <gasps> one on my hype list. But <sighs> did so it's kind of funny that both of both of our number ones on the hype ended up at the same spot in there uh hill house i think rhino and i nailed it perfectly as we were talking about this offline the i i it's still one of my favorite shows of all time but as a house representing the show and telling the story it did not do a good job um i just they had all the scenes that you would expect them to have that minus the but, you know, I would have liked, I mean, it took place in the house, so they had to keep it to that because, like, I would have loved for them. I would have had loved to have a walk through the funeral parlor uh, like that would yeah. have been that would have been cool. But taking place in the house, it had all the moments you would expect to see inside the house. It was just overall, it just kind of came down to as an, an execution like the the tall man. I shouldn't be the same size, if not taller than him. And. That was always the case hey, with the first hey. one. He was tall. Oh, the first one, maybe, but the other ones yeah, were tall the, tall. the ones on the stilts were tall, but the first one wasn't. And then after that, I don't, I don't know. Like the the bent neck lady, her appearances were always very underwhelming. You know, walking in the basement that always felt underwhelming to me. Walking through the hallways where you had the bent neck lady that would appear randomly, but not not all the time. I didn't see her up in the one, that first black hallway until the my third time through the house just because of how oh. timing worked out and cuz i remember after after we left the house i think you were like you didn't even look up in that hall and like i i constantly look all over the place there was nothing up above me so oh. um it's I, I just and then overall like you get to you get you get to the end of the house and it's like okay we have to throw in all of these ghosts that are in the last episode and we'll mash it up all together, but it doesn't flow well. So while it brought to life, one of my favorite shows, I don't, I don't think it was, I don't, I think it was great as a, a snapshot of what you could expect from the show, but I wanted the story to be told a little bit better. And it just, it wasn't for me. It was, it was a montage and I wanted, I wanted the direct retelling. And so that's more on, that's more on me. Everyone I know loved this house uh, yeah. and raved about it. I'm one of those people. Yeah, yeah I because I, I, I started the journey not having seen the show and then I watched the show and it was a, that was a fun experience for me. So um, like then being able to like I basically when, from when I started the show to when I almost when I finished the show, I didn't go through the house again. So then like going through and being like, oh, yeah, now I know what this is and that is. And the whole oh, look, there's that girl. And like and so like I thought that was fun. And ultimately, I thought it was a great haunted house house where it was a literally a haunted house house so i just was like scared i do feel like the very end of the house falls a little short in terms of like like i said i wish it had been like all of a sudden it was like 10 ghosts trying to scare you at once and you're like just get out like you know like how they ended the michael myers house years ago where it was like all the mirrors so there was like a ton of michael myers everywhere i would have liked something more akin to that where it was like because that's kind of the last shot of the show was like that and whereas the best haunted house that I could ever think of was when we did the one at not scary farm where we carried around the flashlights and you would go through and your flashlight would just start to flicker and go off. Like 
That now that was a haunted house. That was a haunted house. That was a haunted house. Yeah, that was. There was a haunted house. Uh, uh, number five. So my my number five is scary. Welcome mm-hmm. to scary. It's which is surprising because then the that after the first night of the event, it was the very bottom of the list for me. And now I think it was actually once it was kind of like I felt like the beginning of the event that house just always felt empty. Like there wasn't really a lot going on. It was whatever. But then it just got scarier and scarier and scary. And like and I had some really great walkthroughs and very memorable moments in that house with friends and stuff like that, that like it was so much fun. And like I ultimately I I don't like mishmash houses. I like the ho- the story to be a little more coherent because that's the hard part about this house, that if you're not familiar with any of the lore, it doesn't really make any sense at all, mm-hmm. like where you're going and what you're walking through. Um, and so I, I do, I do have a little bit of like, eh, with that, but it was, I thought the HR blood and gut stuff from there to the end of the house was like top notch. And like, I, I don't, so I have it at my number five because yep. I really enjoyed going through it a lot by the end of the event. I will say shockingly, it ended up very high on my list and I will get to that when mm-hmm. I get to it there. My number five was puppet theater, captive audience. And <gasps> this was, this was a truly an awesome house. I wish I could put it higher. I just don't think I care about puppets. So a lot of it was like, I, I like, I liked the design. I liked going through the closet, seeing the big dilapidated theater, uh, performers on a second level, which anytime you add that in, like excellent, excellent stuff. But overall, like I would leave the house and I would like, I felt like I was at the end of the graduate every single time. Like I'd walk out smiling and then I would just suddenly go back to that somber state of like, yeah, do I want to do that again right now? No, no. But in the rush, in the rush, I enjoyed it. But then afterwards, it's like, it just never, it never, it never gelled with me fully. But uh, yeah, it just, that one, I, I had to put it up high because I think this house was very consistent in its delivery of scares, but this one for me was, was an aesthetic thing. Um, it just, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily care for the design of it, but scares mm. were great. Scares were really good in it. Interesting. Okay. Number four for you. Halloween Horror Nights icons captured. I, I, I like um, you. I think even if you didn't, you don't know anything necessarily about the history of Halloween Horror Nights or who these icons are or whatever. Because I, I don't know a lot of. Them. Basically, I know them because of that scare zone we had a couple years ago. And um, you know, obviously, I know Jack because he's been an icon since I've been going. Um, and Chance, and it was cool to like walk through this history, but it was also like you go through this kind of hellish landscape. But then they all got their own kind of areas that I thought were really good. Like I. I loved the uh, Usher like area. Mm-hmm. I thought he, his his pull part where he like is at the candy counter and everything that was really cool. And the caretaker was good, and the storyteller like I thought they were all great. And then I love the culmination where you come down that hallway where they're all there. And again, like you said, they're on different levels. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're in this lantern with different levels. And I loved the idea that it it changed every night. Um, you know, or not every night. It changed throughout the night who was on the throne. But were you with me when the Jack pointed at me? He it was Jack. Yeah. He pointed at me and then went, yeah, and did the chicken thing. And I was like, oh my god, yeah. yeah. So I thought, I thought it was a, I thought that was a great anniversary house, really good. Yeah. It, I will say for me uh, that I I struggled to place it on my list, but uh, my number four 
was uh, I'll get to my thoughts on icons in a second. My number four was Beetlejuice. I've already shared enough about mm. that. And then I'll, I'll go into my number three because my number three, which is where I, I'm shocked because on that first night, besides Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the only house that we said that we did not care for was Welcome to Scary. And I had the last two weeks of the event, they that house excelled. Uh, not to the point that it put it above my numbers, uh, my numbers two and one, uh, which at this point you can do the math on what those would be. But welcome to scary. Just it, it hit completely. I had, I had my final walkthrough of the house that I made my final walkthrough ever because of how good it was. I went through close to the end of the night and I hit every single performer that was in there. And not only that, I was the there was other people obviously in the house, but there was no one in front of me and no one behind me, like at any point during it. So I had this house to myself. I was the only person they could scare to. So they were just waiting for me to come. And I, there was three or four times during that house that I was genuinely, I was genuinely terrified just because of how good it was. And like, I was so used to seeing the meaty meats, uh, out, out front with the chainsaw kind of hiding behind the sign as you were going in. And I finally got to actually see him in in his actual section. Like you would walk into the 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 butcher shop, and there was always the 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 plastic on your left. And I never saw him any of the times through until that final time. And like oh, just every yeah. every single scare was there. HR blood and guts. Uh, the um it, it just it all worked and. I it's that that one run through the house I had good ones leading up to it but that one was the absolute perfect walk through it probably I would almost argue it was probably the best walk through I had of any single house throughout the entire year where it just hit there was only one other one that probably came just as close and on the same level and uh yeah welcome to scary it grew it grew three sizes in my heart it, over this event it, it was an underdog house, you know. It started at kind of that lower thing, and I feel like they like they gave it their they gave it their all, and it was it was good. Yep. It was good. Yeah. So, um, my number three, three so, yeah, three is Hill House, and again, it was just because, of, like I oh, I said, going through it, I thought it was very accessible for somebody who hadn't seen the show. Yeah. And I was I was concerned that I would be really lost in terms of it, but I thought. It, it was good with like the scares that they provided. I do not like people on stilts. And there, that man, there was that one night where like the guy came out, the tall man, and I didn't, hadn't seen him before. And he like blocked the, the entry. Like I couldn't keep going. And so I, but then he had to be like this way. And uh, so like I got like trapped by him before. So I was like, I feel like I had some good good walkthroughs, good scares, and then ultimately I did really enjoy the show too afterwards. So, um, you know, but it's like what you said; it is it is kind of just you're in the house. It's not really a sequential telling of the show or anything like that. And, uh, um, yeah, so that was my number three. My number two was Puppet Theater, Captive Audience. But I I I was a theater, you know, I did theater basically up until I moved to Florida and stuff like that. And so I I do i like i loved that aesthetic of of it being like in a theater that has collapsed and people stayed i don't know why it's necessarily called puppets like because the only part that had puppets was that one hallway unless they were all supposed to be puppets 
because I thought they were just like the the, so, the stage people. So from I the inside scoop, I don't want to even call it that way. Um, I was very confused about this as well too. Uh, but uh, when we went on one night with with my wife and one of her friends, and they explained the the story a little bit more to me because I thought I understood the story is that, you know, the theater obviously was like in, it, it completely fell apart and it was the puppets were, you know, they from an earthquake. Yeah. And the puppets were coming, you know, they, they ended up inhabiting the theater, but apparently uh, how, from what they were told when they got a little bit of a sneak inside the house, and maybe it's what people heard on the unmasking, the, horror tours maybe maybe what we even heard during the media night and maybe i just missed it but apparently it was that all the bodies of all the performers inside during the earthquake uh they were all left in there and they're all dead and just rotting and so new humans came in and made puppets out of they were making puppets out of the dead bodies but i never quite got that from that i didn't get that part but i did know the performers had died in the house i remember them saying that so that's why i just assumed all those people were performer like dead the dead performers like zombies i didn't realize they were supposed to be like human puppets yeah essentially i I, yeah so i i do a little bit confusing on that but i do think it had some it had some of my favorite types of like there was that one scene with the mirror where you think it's a mirror but it's not a mirror Mm -hmm, because it's mm -hmm. it's literally they've just recreated the scene twice and the guy guy would come all the way so everybody who was like oh the plastic sheets aren't scary they're not going to come out at you and i was like yeah well you haven't walked through this part of a house yet you know because that wasn't true for all the houses you know and so um and then the wardrobe part it was so tight in there i was i was like oh nobody will come out of the wardrobe right now and of course somebody pops out of the freaking wardrobe um and i i thought like i in terms of it like the story is you're like moving through i just i really enjoyed it and i thought it had some really good scares that's why it kind of went up my my list there but i understand why it would be lower but you know yeah no i think it just comes down to what what you like and enjoy out of a house and so for my number two and one i'm gonna combine them together because basically it's not even i feel like number three it was definitely welcome to scary and then for me ultimately i had a tie for number one but I'll, i'll put i'll put number i'll put one just a little bit lower for the sake of this in that I would put HHN icons captured at number two. And then obviously that leaves number one, Wicked Growth, Realm of the Pumpkin. Uh, Both of these houses, they were the only two that I never had a single walkthrough where I was disappointed. Uh, Every every single time, both of these houses brought their A-game. And I think specifically for icons, I think they had to. Um there wasn't really a lot of room to leave the characters out of it, or it would have felt very strange. So I think that's what I like the consistency of, you know, the, the caretaker was always there when you first entered the house and chance was on your left and Jack was on your right. And then, and then, you know, moving beyond there, then you're at lady luck. And then with that, it was kind of, maybe you see lady luck once, maybe you see her twice, but she's there. The director, he was always in his spot twice with his camera flashing the lights on you and then moving, moving from where you're with the director and then you move into the theater, like a beautiful, beautiful transition going through the screen. The amount of times that the usher terrified me because he was swinging his flashlight and hitting 
hitting the person in the seat right at the same time I was walking through always got me. And then behind the popcorn counter with the smells and the only part of that house that I ever felt like was kind of a letdown was uh, the storyteller section was always a little off for me. There was there were points where it'd be like, okay, I, I didn't see the storyteller in her human form for a long time, but I'd always see the the transformation uh, version of storyteller. So that that was a little little wobbly there. But uh, I feel like it literally gave if you don't if you went through that house to see the icons and you still don't understand them at their core, of like who they are, then I, I don't know mm-hmm. what you were paying attention to, or you were just so terrified that you didn't get it. Like this. This just this was a love letter to the icons, and you know it's something that I like. I like about the event. I I think now at this point, knowing that every five years we'll probably get we'll get some icon love, and it's something to look forward to. So it really it really stuck with me. And I'm Jack has been like for the limited years that I've gone. It's I, I don't know. There's something special with with Jack and then like us getting to do the interview with him this year something about that just like all all sticks with me better but you know not to be outdone uh by it wicked growth realm of the pumpkin uh the house of the year and i mean for i i don't know mm-hmm. who wouldn't put this house at number 1 it was it was halloween encapsulated uh in 2019 i feel like graveyard games was that that spooky cemetery side of Halloween. And this for me, I feel like hit home with at least like Rhino and I, because you know, our up in the Northeast, your aesthetic in, in the Midwest to an extent, but your your aesthetic for Halloween is, you know, it is fall. It's it's farms and and pumpkins and the pumpkin patch. And this was this was literally it. This was like your your ideal version of an overrun pumpkin patch kind of like brought to life in a way so it just it had the sense it had the scares the scares were there it had witches it had it had the pumpkin lord like it had it had everything it had everything it had like great effects too you know it had like the part where you're going over the bridge where it's like holes in the bridge and you're looking down at the water you know and like i the the scares where it was like the one guy one guy and then someone from above above every single time got me every time and you have to be like you have to duck to get under him because he's like i don't care i'm gonna hit you right in the face (laughs) like if you don't like and i was like it was bold you know and i I loved the smell. I loved the pumpkin lord when he would spit on you at the end too. If you were one of those lucky yeah. few people or whatever that they'd had that that effect in there and just like just it's like what you said. It was just it felt like a creepy folklore, like a walk through a folklore tour, or, you know, thing about Halloween. Like it was like the same reason why we love trick or treat. You know, it was like, but it was like this purity to it yeah. where I was just like, ah, oh, it's so good. Yeah, I, I honestly, it's like if you took if you took trick or treat graveyard games and realm of the pumpkin and you like mash them all together like the only thing i feel like you're missing even though you would disagree with me on this if you had a great haunted house haunted house <laughs> not hill house but a good a, a better <laughs> one an even better one those four together are like the definition of halloween to me those would have hit every every single aspect that is in my ideal Halloween that I think about as I'm sitting down roasting in Florida, thinking like if I was up North, we'd have the pumpkin patch and the, the scary, the kind of scary farm and then the haunted house that sits on it. And, you know, the trick or treating that's involved. And then, you know, stay away from the cemetery at night. Um, and almost it's like, 
take all these aspects of hocus pocus and kind of put them also in in real life in different sections i this house was incredible absolutely incredible i i will never forget it i can i can say that much it will it will always hold a fond place in my heart it was like the one thing that everyone that we always went with every single time we could agree like well what do we do next let's just go to pumpkin yeah absolutely let's go to pumpkin it was you can't turn down pumpkin yeah can't turn it down i i'd be like you start the night with it yeah end the night with it you go you do it as many times as you could do it was one of those houses where it was like i don't care how many times i walked through it i still don't feel like i went through it enough because i was just like and i loved sharing the experience of walking through it with other people like the just I, i i also grew up in carver massachusetts and that the whole signage everywhere in there is it's Carver Farms yeah. because it takes place on the I think I believe it was the man's name was Carver, but it, so I don't think it took place in Carver. But I still it made me feel like well, I, I like, uh, you know, I have because we did the media thing. I have a little shot of the sign that says Carver's, uh, you know, and I was like I sent it to my mom and I was like, oh, can you believe that the best house this year takes place in Carver? Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I just I don't know. It's one of those houses where I was just like, yeah, more of this, like more of these. Like, I don't know. Yep. Uh, fan, I, uh, just fantastic. And I think it says a lot, like if you paid attention to our list, uh, you know, in, in your situation of the top four, three of your top four were original houses. And in my list, yeah, in my list of the top four, three of the four were specifically my top three were all original houses it, it, nothing against intellectual property. And I feel like we end up with this conversation every year. It's just it, original houses. They, they are killing it. They are absolutely killing it. It was a it was a spectacular year. I can't cannot wait for the event next year. I can't wait to see uh, how how it evolves. But you know, we're we're down the street, and this is not a knock on Disney, but we're down the street. They were doing a, still an abbreviated version of their event that cost a lot of money. It was nice to have Universal like pretty much back to normal for Halloween for it, the amount yeah. of a ticket for one night to that abbreviated Halloween event. You could have had a frequent fear pass to this event mm-hmm. and you could have gone how many times the, the the product that you are receiving for the amount of money that you are giving is wildly different at the two parks. Like, and I, again, it's not a knock, but there is no Universal Orlando is the premier Halloween event for a reason. And it is still a value for yep. what the the I still think it, I would use that. I think it's more of a, I think it's the most. It's the most value of any theme park experience I think that you can get is investing in that ticket, to be honest with you. Uh, here, here. Because you can still here, ride here. the rides. We don't ride the rides. Nope. You can ride most of the rides. I did, it, <laughs> the In all the years that I've gone, I think I've maybe ridden rides twice. This year, it was y'all were in line for case files and going through the house, and I didn't know what to do. And I was like, I don't want a beer right now, not this current second. So I went and rode Transformers just because it had a five minute wait. It's like, why not? I haven't ridden Transformers in a while. So yeah, we, we don't even take advantage of that. Something that, that many people do. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's our final wrap up on Halloween Horror Nights. It was a great year and cannot wait for next year. But I mean, we had to bring the show to an end. This was a super size show. I don't think people expected. Yeah, sorry. They didn't, well, we had a lot to say. I mean, and that's the thing. It, typically, typically we could have made this a last episode, but I didn't want to make 
an episode in November uh, that is solely just about Halloween Horror Night. So I wanted to blend it with something else, but we we always have a lot to say with it. So uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what we come up with for next week's episode, though, because <laughs> I have nothing. So we might have to go do a dining review or something. That's that's the only thing that I can think of. But mm-hmm. anyways, uh, in the meantime, I wanted to say thank you to everyone so much out there for listening and watching this. Uh, Rhino, Rhino, thank you for being a part. Thank you. I'm wearing my, yeah. my jacket. Oh, I, can't I, w- I will not lie. I'm probably going to put mine on because it's chilly day here in Central Florida today. So I probably, I probably will wear mine as well too but i really hope that everyone out there enjoyed this episode and if you did of course if you're watching this on youtube hit the thumbs up subscribe to the channel and make sure that you are leaving comments questions and video suggestions in the comments section below if you're listening to this make sure you're subscribed to the dis unplugged universal edition wherever you listen to podcasts if it's through apple Podcasts, please take a moment to leave us a five-star rating and review that would help us a lot and if you want to support us even more Book your Universal Orlando vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel. Not just helps the company, but it helps us keep the show actually going. So we don't have to go on any more extended hiatuses without this show. So you can get a free no obligation quote at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. But that's it for me this week, as well as Rhino. Goodbye, Rhino. Goodbye. Goodbye. We'll see you again real soon for another episode of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. But remember, we still haven't changed the name. 